Welcome to the Gigabyte Weekly Podcast. This week's episode, we are going to be talking about NFTs, which is a subsect of the general crypto market, generally relating to the likes of art and music. And uh, we hope to explain what the size of the market is, where the opportunities are there, and kind of just the crux of what an NFT is. Enjoy. And we're back and we are joined again by James. James, how's things? Really good, Sam. Great to be back for episode number seven. And I'd just like to also announce to all our listeners that um, if you haven't seen our posts on social media, this podcast is now available on pretty much every streaming platform you can think of, like, you know, Amazon, Apple, um, all the music platforms, everything. So you've got, you've got no excuse now, to, now not to listen to us. Well, if, I mean, if they're hearing this, I think they'd have a pretty good idea already. But um, anyway, to get into the topic of today's episode. So we're going to be talking, as I said, in the introduction about NFTs. So uh, we'll go with the normal format, explaining the basics of it. And then we kind of go into a little bit of the context surrounding the basics. So James, what's an NFT? Yeah, so it's actually a great question, Sam. And I think it's something that we've all heard of, but we don't really know what it is. So what an NFT stands for is a non-fungible token. And the important thing in that abbreviation is the non-fungible side. So you can think of an NFT as exactly like a regular cryptocurrency, except that when it's non-fungible, it means that they can never be created. So every NFT is a one-off. And even if some things look similar, you know, there is a piece of code that is different in every single NFT, making every single NFT unique. And that's really what differentiates um, NFTs with traditional cryptos. You know, there is some level of trading with NFTs, but nothing to the extent that I would trade crypto or you would trade crypto, things like that. Okay, so how do they work and like, who does it benefit? Like, why would anyone, like you say that they're similar to crypto and like you can buy and sell them, right? Why should someone, like what physically is an NFT? So really what an NFT is, is it's anything you kind of want it to be. So, I mean, everyone's first impression of an NFT is, oh, digital digital art, but that's only one side of it. So you can have NFT in the form of music, videos, art, property, even collectibles. So, I mean, there's so many different aspects to it and so many different variations of what an NFT is. And that's kind of why it's important for everyone to understand that the art side of it is not the only side of us. Whilst it is the biggest side, it's definitely not the kind of the only side that we should be thinking about. Yeah, and it's also worth kind of talking about as well then, like, you know, the market is growing pretty rapidly for it. And like, that's probably like, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably more interested in the market side of things how can one profit from it or, you know, trade it or whatever. And, you know, I think that's kind of the crux of what we want to talk about, like the size of the NFT market. So in the second half of 2020, the NFT market was worth 13.7 million US dollars, right? That's not a whole lot. By the first half of 2021, however, the NFT market was worth 2.5 billion. Now to put some context around that, in 2020, the global art market was worth $50 billion. And that was down from $64 billion the year before because of COVID, that's a 22% decrease or something along those lines. So, you know, I think that's why a lot of people are interested in NFTs before at the moment because, you know, you're digitizing art, you're giving proof of ownership, you know, you're validating on the blockchain whether or not it's an original, which, you know, in cases of fraud and art, it's fairly common. So people see a lot of value there. And, you know, if you look at the difference, like $2.5 billion is what it's estimated to be worth now you know it's got a lot of room to grow and there's a lot of products and projects out there so then what kind of you know give us maybe an example of one that's been successful you know is there anything that someone would have heard of like what are examples of pieces like nft maybe art that have sold yeah i mean there's lots of examples and really 
the one I'm going to talk about is huge within the crypto community, but those who aren't in this community and active in it might not have heard of it, but it's actually called CryptoPunks. And you might think it's a bit of a joke name, but these things are selling at a floor price of $250,000. And this time last year, the floor price was only $300. So we can see a humongous appreciation in the value of these one-off pieces of art. So the whole collection is a series of, I know it's going to sound funny, but kind of apes and apes in different kind of positions and like facial expressions, everything like that. But the kind of com the community behind this collection has grown so big and so many influencers have kind of been buying them up, talking about them. It's kind of impossible to ignore that collection when we're talking about kind of the humongous success of the NFT market in 2021. Okay, so then you, you mentioned there, sorry, just cut you off there, James, but you mentioned CryptoPunks and the, obviously that's a massive one, right? But even you know, some like collectible items or like pieces of culture or internet culture specifically have been, you know, turned into an NFT. For example, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, his first tweet and the first tweet on Twitter was sold for a lot of money as an NFT. And, you know, you kind of see the value in that, you know, if you have the money to shell out, it's quite a cool piece of history. You know, Twitter has been a mass massive, you know, environment for, for years now, for over a decade. And like to have that first tweet and to own that first tweet i think that's quite a cool thing and then you know the likes of um i don't know if people would remember that the video uh one of the, the first viral videos on youtube charlie bit my finger that actually sold the original version of that is now gone and someone owns that now of course there's re-uploads but no one can say that they own the original and that is that is validated by the blockchain so you know you can kind of see the value from that like a collector's perspective there but of course james not all NFTs are created equal, similarly to crypto. And to be blunt, there's a lot of shit out there, just like with crypto. You know, we did an episode on the meme economy with Dogecoin, Shiba Uno, all these crypto coins that are worthless, like they're no intrinsic value. It's similar in the likes of NFTs, you know. So do, do you want to talk to us a little bit about, you know, how can someone tell if it's a good thing? Like what makes an NFT successful? Why would someone buy one versus another one, you know? Yeah, so really, I mean, like you said, there is a lot of, so to say, shit out there. And so this is an interesting statistic. So between now and March 2021, there's been roughly 10 to 20,000 NFTs sold every single week. But 10 to 20 NFTs sold, sorry, 10 to 20,000 NFTs sold every week do not have humongous intrinsic value. So a lot of them have value at the point of purchase or point of sale, but beyond that, there's no value. So they, the, the investor or the buyer tends to not be able to reset it for the value that they bought it for. And I think what really determines the value and the long-term success and appreciation of these NFTs is the story behind them. So it's a bit like art, you know, the value of art comes from the artist who made that piece and it comes from the story the history of it and that's why um you know most valuable art today is done by artists who aren't alive anymore there's a humongous history behind it there's you know it's been in multi-generational families past like between dynasties and everything so the story behind an nft is really important and it's actually part of the reason why the crypto punks thing was so successful they painted this really interesting story behind us and that caught on and just kind of blew up and blew up and grew and grew and grew and really it grew on social media like social media is where these things are kind of gaining value and where the stories are being made yeah and then you know on the flip side of that you know the, you said that they're beginning they're appreciating greatly in value right and they're becoming more and more valuable with time but 
there's concerns among some individuals that this will turn into like a black market type for art and you know millionaires and billionaires will just use nfts as a form of money laundering because in the us for example there are very favorable tax laws surrounding buying and selling art which is you know it's it's very it's a corrupt system over there what they have is you know you have a billionaire would be friends with an art dealer and they'd get a couch appraised as a multi-billion dollar piece of art and that they could sell that and that'd be a tax exemption. It works something along those lines anyway, you know? And yeah, it's also important, you know, in, on the regul- on the regulatory side, you know, are NFTs going to be identified as art or are they going to be identified as capital gains? You know, how are they going to be taxed mainly? Because like what you said with that couch getting appreciated in value by someone appraising us, a lot of art is actually kept in, the, in these things called free ports where they're non-tax jurisdictions usually in airports so they act like a duty-free zone where there's no country that can place a tax on that good like if i keep my nft in a wallet placed in a free port do i suddenly have a tax-free piece of art that's worth potentially hundreds of millions of dollars like i'm not sure if all our, all our listeners are aware of this but there's an nft artist called beeple and christie's auction house ran an auction for his nft called everything the first five thousand days and that NFT sold for $69 million, making Beeple the third richest living artist in the world right now. That's a ridiculous statistic. And, you know, like, you'd be surprised how few people kind of, like, even know about the NFT market when the third, like, the, the third richest um, living artist came from this background, you know? It's quite surprising. I think there's a lot a lot of maturing needed from the NFT market. You know, I think, I think there's massive growth potential and use cases. But I, th- I think it'll, it'll take a little bit of time to get to get through the, the baby steps, the teething stage. But that kind of brings us on to then to the next point, James. The other applications of NFTs, you know, not just a nice digital piece of art that you hang up on your computer or your desktop. You know, what are some other applications for NFTs? So, I mean, there's so many different applications. And like we said, the art is only one side of it. So, I mean, we have music, we have property, we have videos, even collector's items such as sneakers, pieces of clothing can be placed on the market as an nft so i think a real growth area for nfts is going to be in the music and property side so i think it's safe to say that out of all the entertainment genres music is by far the most complex one and the contracts that many of these artists enter with this with the record labels means that the artists don't actually own the masters that they create allowing the the record labels to make hundreds of millions of dollars off these artists, while the artists often make a fraction of that. So, I mean, it's safe to say, like, who owns the music? Who owns the art? Is it you or is it the publishing house? Is it the auction house? Things like that. So, I mean, if we can imagine a world where we're listening to music as an NFT, we can verify the ownership of that music is the artist. We can track his or her wallet. We can um, make sure that they're getting the streaming income, things like that. And also... On the property side, which is an incredibly complex one as well, um, you know, property can be bought and sold as a digital asset, despite it being a physical good. And what it does is it injects a level of liquidity into a very illiquid market and it connects a humongous range of buyers and sellers. So, I mean, it is in the infancy days and there is a humongous amount of regulation that needs to be created for such a new industry because there's a whole other side of it which are which is along the lines of property ownership property laws you know there are literal lawyers who train in college for up to a decade 
just to study property law, property ownership, land law. I mean, it's such a complex thing. And to say the NFT market can come in, turn it upside down overnight is complete BS. That's not going to happen. But it's safe to say that it, it, it is going to become a part of the market. Yeah, I think it's, you know, NFTs are a part of the crypto space, you know. And I think just like we've said in, in our previous episodes, you know, like the crypto market is still so young, you know, and while that, that provides opportunities for some with, with the eye for it, you know, that it's a young market, there's a lot of growth potential within it. It also, you know, it, it means that regulatory regulators and governments across the world are going to be keeping an eye on it. And, you know, like the likes of the IMF just tweeted yesterday, as of the time we're recording this, that, um, they pretty much publicly stated that they think the Bitcoin adoption in El Salvador is a bad idea, and you know it, it, it has problems. But and then there's there's a couple of ways of looking at that. You know, is that the IMF trying to protect their own interests? You know, they're the International Monetary Fund. You know, they're pretty deeply rooted into traditional banking systems. You know, crypto aims to disrupt that very system. And also, just speaking on that, Sam, sorry, sorry to cut you off there. I actually read this interesting tweet yesterday, and this is yesterday at the time of recording. But um, the English regulators, uh, regulators pulled an ad that was on TV encouraging people to invest in Bitcoin, yet they're perfectly behind an ad that Barclays run advertising, I think it's a 35% interest rate credit card, where they can literally profit off people's kind of financial Ill- illiteracy, yet crypto is deemed too risky and too volatile and too much of a shady industry. I just think that there's such a asymmetry of information between those who make the rules and those who follow the rules and that gap needs to needs to shrink yeah i think with time this crypto will rise to the occasion and you know it like it solves a whole heap of problems and i think you know it'll get there but just like nfts it has a little maturing to do and that's not to say you should or shouldn't buy in we're not going to tell you what to buy we never will um, you know, you should do your own research for everything within crypto and all investment opportunities anyway. Your capital is at risk in crypto, of course. Um, and NFTs is no exception, you know. Like you hear these great stories, you know, the people becoming a millionaire because he got that one piece, you know, sold on an auction. But you don't hear the news of the thousands of people who created some art or tried to sell art, like to resell for a profit and got burnt because no one bought, you know. Like, we talked about this in our first episode, but the value of a good can it can be determined through as much as the next person's willing to pay for it. And you know, and you can't guarantee that someone's going to want to pay for your little cartoon as an NFT. Some people will, some people won't. You know, it's it's it, it really varies. So just be careful. And I think on that, just before we we wrap things up here, James, we kind of wanted to talk quickly about something that you know. Gigabyte are going to be kind of stepping into the the realm of NFTs, and I kind of just wanted to say a word or two about this. So we've two two things to mention. So we have decided that we are going to allocate and create a fund relating to NFTs. You know, this is in its infancy and is not publicly available yet, but we are in the process of um, allocating assets on that front. And then we also would like to announce uh, its infancy as well of uh, Gigabyte Labs, which is you know, a, a real step into the NFT market. And, you know, we'll, we'll have more releases on that later down the line. I think we just kind of wanted to tease it a little bit in this. But basically what we're going to be doing is minting and, 
you know, working with artists to create or mint these NFTs and, and offer services to resell on marketplaces, you know, that some people wouldn't really know how to operate or navigate around. And maybe down the line as well, we'd look at creating our own and things like that. But I think, uh, James, I think anything else to say before we close things out? Yeah, no, just, you know, definitely watch our social medias for more information regarding A, the NFT fund that we're in the process of creating and also the introduction of Gigabyte Labs, which I'm personally very excited about, you know, bringing that whole physical to the digital. I think it's going to be very interesting. And uh, yeah, just watch out for us. All right. Thanks very much, James. And we'll see you guys later. See you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode seven of the Gigabyte Weekly. And as I said at the beginning, you know, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Amazon. You can find us on Deezer, Spotify, really every single podcasting application now. So hopefully this can... Um, reach everybody now and also yeah if you like what you heard today we recently published a blog titled nfts the digital meets the physical on our website gigabyteinvestment.com and you can also find that on our our twitter at gigabyte invest also on our linkedin just gigabyte investment you know it's important to watch our social medias because we post a lot we talk about a lot of new ideas and yeah um, we also would like to announce that we're in the process of upgrading our website hopefully creating a new ui Uh, user interface, login pages, everything like that, really stepping up into the next level. And yeah, thank you guys for listening and catch you next week.